Welcome to Steeping Around, sponsored by the Maya Tea Company. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. In studio today with Sarah Price, editor, running the boards today, making us sound good, and Lisa Durfus, co-host, sitting here. How are your holidays, Lisa? Shaping up to be okay. I've got a game plan, and I'm feeling pretty good. So most of you who are listening to the show are probably listening to it after the holidays, but we had to record this before because we wanted to take a couple of weeks off from the show to actually, I don't know, maybe go shopping and do all the little things we had left to do. We left off last week talking about holiday punches and hot toddies and even chinog, and I know you were very excited about making the chinog. Have you done so yet? Uh, No, not yet. I am waiting for Christmas Eve when that rolls around, and I've already told my kids this is what we're having. And yes, I'm going to do it in the tradition of doing it at midnight. Actually, I think you've inspired me. I think I will do the same. I think I'll take a little bit of our Devi chai home and make some chai nog out of it. I think my kids will absolutely love it. I think so, too. I think my kids are going to love it. I know I'm going to love it. And I just thought, gosh, this will be a little bit different. I've never done this before. Why not? Why not try it? Well, we're going to begin this new year talking about chai. I was lucky enough to be asked to do an interview with T Magazine. The senior editor there, Katrina Avila Municello, asked me to interview for an article that she was doing about chai. The interesting thing about this interview is that it's kind of in reverse. Normally, I'm the one doing all the interviewing for guests on the show. But in this case, Katrina is actually interviewing me about my experiences with chai. Now, many of you know, and some of you don't, that chai is actually very near and dear to my heart. It's actually how I got started in the tea business some 15 years ago. That's a long time. That's a really long time. And you and I were actually friends back then. Yes, we were. We worked together, too. Yeah. And so while I was still working at our favorite department store where we worked together, I actually started making chai in tea bags. And that's kind of how I got into the tea business in the first place. So tell me, I mean, I knew that you had the tea company. I really didn't know about the chai. So when did you actually get started making chai? So my parents would like ask for me to make chai. We had our own business and I didn't really cook. I wasn't really allowed in the kitchen. So I basically learned how to make like two things, scrambled eggs for myself and how to make chai for my parents. So I was like 10 or 11. And so I learned early on how to make a really pretty decent cup of chai. But your parents weren't in the tea business. No, my parents were okay, not in the tea business. Okay, so it was another business that they were It was in. another business they were in, but apparently they had sown the seeds of my tea business-dom early and often. Katrina goes into that. That was actually her first question to me as to how I actually got into the tea business. Let's listen to what she asked me. What made you passionate about chai in the first place? Where did that come from? Well, originally, I'm from East India. My family's from Gujarat State, and we tend to make a spicy, sweet cardamom chai. Chai is different across all areas of India, and... Growing up, my parents would make chai, and it's just something we grew up with, and my friends would have it, my American friends here, and they would like it. It's just something that I learned how to make early, and then I was in another business and didn't want to continue with that. And so just decided that, hey, let's go ahead and jump in and do chai. And so I started doing chai in little tea bags, and I started selling them at local farmer's markets, and people still loved it. (laughs) It just kind of expanded from there, and the rest is history, as they say. I understand from reading your website that your mom apparently makes the best chai ever. So what makes your mom's chai so special? (laughs) My mom makes a pretty good chai. When my mom is really throwing down, she goes over the top. Where it gets really interesting is where you go the next step. And what are the next steps? It's star anise, turmeric, saffron, almonds, lemongrass, 
that's when that Olympic level of chai really begins. And so my mom does that periodically, but not very often. My yoga instructor does it religiously, which I adore. I get her the tea, so she's always making it. She goes, I brought you chai if you want some. And everybody's like, oh my gosh. I think she's up into 11 and 12 ingredients. And to be able to do 11 and 12 ingredients, all spices, all reactive, in balance, in harmony, yeah, that's pretty tough to do. That's really hard to do. And then she does it. So I, th I think it's pretty impressive. So you have your consumer at home who wants to try making chai. They buy your loose leaf chai. Right. How do they make it? What do they do with it when they get that container? Okay. Luckily, it's really pretty easy. So America does not run on eight ounce cups. <laughs> I mean, there's just, I don't even know if one exists. I, I think I have one in my house, but I think it was an accident. So you have to assume that most people are using 12 and 16 ounce cups. So what I would do is take eight ounces of water, take eight ounces of as fatty a milk as you like, and take two teaspoons of chai, put it into a saucepan, and let it boil and simmer then. Once it boils, let it simmer for like 10 minutes. Strain, and you're good to go. I mean, it's that simple. Because you've got the fat in the milk. We've already given you the tea and the spices, so you don't have to worry about that. You just need the right amount. At 16 ounces, if you give it 10 or 15 minutes, it will reduce down and thicken up. And then you sweeten it as you like it. And basically, the four elements of chai would be there. Okay, it sounds like a pretty simple process to make chai. It's pretty simple if you have a pre-prepared mix of tea and spices, because then all you really need is water and milk and some sweetener. So if you have those three things, then as long as you buy something pre-prepared like we have, which has the tea and the spices in it, it's really not that hard to make. No. Now, is it better to use fattier milk? Yes. Fattier milk and real sugar is really the way to go. It'll give you that thickness, that heaviness that is really part of the chai experience. In fact, we go into that in more detail with Katrina when she asked me about that. What really makes an authentic cup of chai? For more on that, stay with us. We'll be right back here on Steeping Around. My name is Roxanne and I am with the Maya Tea Company. Now Manish and the guys know an awful lot about tea and they have put together some incredible blends. But let's face it, sometimes they still need a woman's touch. I have a special gift for aesthetics and have put the finishing touches on most of the tea blends that we make in-house. But I've also created my own blends from scratch. One of my own tea blends has become the number one seller for the Maya Tea Company, the Pomegranate Mojito Green Tea. Pomegranate Mojito mimics one of my favorite bar drinks with fresh green tea, peppermint, lime, and pomegranate. And don't worry, if you're missing that extra kick, this tea tastes incredible with an added ounce of tequila or rum. Don't be afraid to spice up your teas. That's what I do. You can find my Pomegranate Mojito tea as well as recipes and many tea cocktail ideas at www.mayatea.com. You can save 15% on any of your tea selection, particularly the pomegranate mojito. Our coupon code is STEEP. Cheers! Or as we say here in the Southwest, SALUTE! Welcome back to Steeping Around. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. 
joined as always by host Lisa talking about all things chai. In fact, she and I are not really talking about all things chai. We were lucky enough to be interviewed by Katrina from T Magazine. She's a senior editor. I also want to reiterate that Katrina actually has a book called A Tea Reader, Living Life One Cup at a Time. And it's a collection of stories about people and how their lives were affected and moved by tea. It's really a wonderful book. So if you get an opportunity, you definitely want to check that out. Now, if any of you are interested in ordering any of the chais that we've been talking about on the show, you can find them on our website, www.mayatea.com. That's M-A-Y-A-T-E-A.com. If you have any questions about chai or anything tea-related, definitely send those questions to the email address for the show. That is steep at mayatea.com. That's S-T-E-E-P at mayatea.com. And if you're a fan of the show, please fan us on Facebook. We have Facebook sites for both Steeping Around as well as the Maya Tea Company. And as always, you can find the show on both SteepingAround.com as well as iTunes. Also, just so you know, if you want to learn a little bit more about chai, you can go back and look at shows number 25 and 26, and they go into a lot more detail, so you can learn a little bit more that way as well. That's correct. We did those shows a while back, but we did really dive in with a lot of details and a lot of important things that we talked about. Now, Katrina proceeded to get into the nature of authenticity. She asked me what I thought about what makes an authentic chai and kind of what was available and what's missing on the chai market today. Take a listen to what we had to say. What is authentic chai? What makes it chai? For me, authentic chai, in the truest sense of the word, has at least seven or eight elements to it that are really important. The first is obviously tea, good black tea. Then, of course, is the spices. And there are the holy four, which are ginger, cardamom, cinnamon, and cloves. I like a little black pepper in mine. And I don't mind even occasionally throwing in, say, some saffron and some lemongrass, but that four is really important. So then in India, you would have milk, and we don't typically use cow milk in India. It's buffalo milk. Now, buffalo milk is actually heavier in fat, so our chai is really thick. It's really thick. We're using cane sugar. So again, a heavier, thicker form of sugar, not quite so sweet and not quite so light as you might find in the bleached domestic varieties that we get here. So when you're talking about authentic Indian chai, you're talking thick milk, thick sugar, heavy spices, heavy tea, and then the final element is time. You gotta give it time. This idea that you can make a really authentic cup of chai in like five minutes, you can, but if you really want it right, all that stuff has to reduce a little bit, thicken up. I mean, it's meant to be like stick to your ribs tea. So when you get it in India, oh wow. It's like a meal, it really is a meal. So that's authentic. Now, here domestically, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to have to be a little more inventive because we don't have the luxury of time. We don't have the luxury of buffalo milk. But you can still use a good tea. You can still get good spices. And you can still make it, and it's still very, very good. And that's the way we make it at home. Obviously, my parents and I, we still make it the way we can here. That's fantastic. I think a lot of that would be a surprise to chai drinkers here. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, in the street, they've got these huge pots the day goes on, they add a few ingredients, but the kettle just keeps going and going and going and going and going all day long. So it just is like this really, really thick, heavy stew that continues. And then at the end of the day, they just clean the whole thing out. What do you think most people here are missing? If they say they've had chai, what do you feel like they're missing in the experience? 
there's two things that are missing in most commercially made chais. The first is the level of spices. It seems like there's a lot of sweet. So it's basically like sweetened milk tea with a hint of spice. And that's not what chai is. It has to have a deeper, spicier profile to it. Then you have a group of chais that are really spicy, that are very, what I would say, note-heavy. So one might be very strong in clove. Another might be very strong in cinnamon. Indian chai is based upon a formula of masala, and that masala is wished to be balanced. So this balance between sweet and spicy and depth, that's what seems to be missing, in my opinion, in most commercial chais that are available. But I will tell you, they've gotten better. In the last 15 years since we've been doing this, in the last two or three, there are more companies doing a really good job of doing a quality product closer to authentic chai than ever before. I think the most interesting thing about being interviewed is sometimes they pry opinions from you and they get thoughts out of you that maybe you didn't even really know that you had within yourself. If they're good, yes, absolutely. And she did a great job. And I think that one of the things that she caught was this ideal between something being authentic and innovative. Doing a really great job, but in a today world format, in a way that we can deliver an authentic chai that would have taken hours and hours and hours in the old world, but you can do that in a modern fashion. That's one of the things where we really try to achieve here at our tea company, and I think at a lot of tea companies as well. Now, next week, we're going to continue our conversation on chai. We move in kind of a slightly different direction. We're going to talk about ways that chai can be further innovated. Are there new things we can do with chai? And what are some new ventures that not only ourselves, but some of the other chai companies in the industry are embarking upon? How about some things that I would never do with chai? Well, you know, it is the new year here. I know we're all formulating our New Year's resolutions, but hopefully all of you have something on there that you never thought you would do or try. Although, isn't there a saying, never say never? Never say never. That's right. Well, thank you very much for all of you folks for listening. Thank you, Lisa, for joining me this week. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And remember, as we approach this new year, keep it spicy, keep it real, have some chai, and enjoy steeping around. Steeping around.